Amen. Jason, you've been holding out on us there. Great um, inspirational song service. Welcome to Family Worship. This is probably one of my favorite times. We have it each quarter on the fifth Sunday, but I want to thank all the young men for coming up here and helping lead us in worship. Great job. Thank you. So this morning we're going to talk about the power of prayer. And in looking at all the children and, and getting to work with the children here, there's nothing more inspirational than hearing little children pray to their Heavenly Father. When I think back at Tyler and Brinley when they were little, they would fold their little hands and they would pray to God and they would thank God for their mom and dad and then they would name all their favorite toys and thank God for their toys. Uh, they would sometimes ask God that we would give them a pet puppy and then they would thank God for Jesus. But there's just something meaningful about hearing children pray. Yet as you grow up, prayer can become a little bit more challenging. Life can become a little bit more difficult. And for some of you, you might have an amazing prayerful life with your Heavenly Father. While for others, it may be a little bit more challenging to pray to your Heavenly Father. When I was little, I probably about five, I wasn't a fan of long, drawn-out prayers. And at the Victorville Church of Christ, we had this deacon, and he would give marathon prayers, usually 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes he would go longer than the actual preacher. And there was this one Sunday, I honestly don't know what came over me, but he was saying this prayer, and he was going on and on and on. And I just blurted out, Amen. <laughs> it was time for that prayer to end. And I think some of those around me weren't paying attention either because they said Amen. Everyone looked up and the prayer was over. <laughs> and <laughs> I immediately knew I messed up when my dad grabbed my arm. And <laughs> Amen. That was the first out of three times that I was escorted out of the auditorium down the hall to the back of the church. And for some of you, you know what happens outside of the church. <laughs> the issue wasn't the long prayer. The issue was I didn't yet understand at that age the importance of the power of prayer. In fact, it wasn't until much later in life that I really understood how important it was and critical in my life to pray to my Heavenly Father. And the sad thing is, it took some major storms in my life for me to understand how important prayer was. This morning, I want to ask the question, how is our prayer life? How is your prayer life? Do you turn to your Father consistently? Do you go to your Heavenly Father in prayer? Do you turn to Him when your life's tough? Or do you wait until it's time for a miracle? Do you wait until you can't handle it anymore, you're out of all options, and it's now time to go to your Heavenly Father in prayer? And I want to ask the question this morning. What do you do more often 
do you pray or watch TV? And that's probably not a fair question. I, I, I think for many of us, we know the answer. So let me ask you this question. Do you spend more time stressing and worrying about things or praying to your Heavenly Father? How much time do you spend with your Heavenly Father? In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we, we know about rejoicing. We've talked about that a lot. We know that we need to have joy in our life. But we've been called to pray continually. And the question is, are we praying continually? I'm not just talking about before you eat and before you go to bed. Do you get down on your knees and pray to your Heavenly Father? Do you have that type of relationship with God? I was reading a book on prayer, and there was a, a, a story. It really caught my attention. Let's say your doctor told each of you that you had terminal cancer. However, there was a magic pill. And if you took this pill every day at 12 o'clock lunchtime, you would go on to live a long and fruitful life. However, if you didn't take that pill, you would probably lose your life. And I think we all know the answer. That pill would probably become the most important part of our day. We would probably live for 12 o'clock lunchtime. We would work our schedule around taking that pill. It'd be the most important thing with anything we would do. But what if I told you prayer could change your life? What if I told you if you deeply prayed to your Heavenly Father every day, your life would change for the better? You would have less stress. You would have more joy. It's kind of the same concept, right? We know we've been called to pray continually. Yet do we? We get a chance to talk to our Heavenly Father. Yet do we? We need God in our lives, but, but is he? So how should we pray? We're, we're taught at a young age, you know, fold your, your hands, you need to look down. But how should we pray? And the truth is, Jesus taught us how to pray. What better of a person to, to get an example from than the actual Son of God that came down to earth? He knows a little something about praying to his Heavenly Father. In fact, I'm sure we're going to see a lot as we go through the book of John with Jason, but there's so many examples of Jesus getting away from the crowds, Jesus going off on his own just to have a word with his Heavenly Father. John 14, 5-6 says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came down, lived his life, the perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, taught us how to pray, and through Jesus, we get to pray with the Almighty One. We get to pray with the Maker of the universe. So if you can, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. 
We're going to start at verse 9. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. So here we have Jesus praying, uh, teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, he's, he's actually going to teach a little bit about prayer here. Pray then in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, this isn't a prayer we have to memorize and, and recite. Jesus prayed many different types of prayers. But what a great example of prayer. Starting out, our Father who art in heaven, calling God our Father. He's our Heavenly Father, giving him the ultimate respect. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray, is it about our will, or is it about God's will? And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We want it to be about God's will. Give us this day our daily bread. We're allowed to ask our Heavenly Father for things, but what's in our heart? What are we asking for? Is it our daily bread, or are we asking to win the lottery? But Jesus wants us to go to our Heavenly Father and share our needs with him. Forgive us of our debts. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. God, Jesus here show, showed the ultimate respect to his heavenly father. He's the son of God and he treated his heavenly father with respect. When we pray to God, we need to remember who we're talking to. We need to show the ultimate amount of respect. He's the creator of the universe, the maker of mankind, the alpha, the omega, beginning and end. And we should always, always show that respect. In the Bible, there's over 650 amazing prayers to look at. We have so many examples in the Bible. And we're going to talk about a few of them, but a few that I really want to talk about this morning that I think can change our lives immediately is a prayer of thanksgiving, showing appreciation and joy, a prayer of supplication, the pl to plead humbly and earnestly for a need, and then confession, forgiveness of our sins. So we're going to start out with thanksgiving, showing appreciation and joy. If you can, turn your Bibles over to 1 Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2. Here's the story of Hannah. We've, we've all heard this story. For the children in here, we talked about it about six months ago as we recovered this book. But we know Hannah was having a hard time. She had a great relationship with God, but she really wanted to bear a son. It was, it was so important to her that she bear a son, and she just wasn't bearing any children. And this was impacting her marriage. It was impacting her, her life. And she made a deal with God. She, she promised to turn her son over if she could just be blessed with a son. And, 
And we know she was blessed with the son Samuel, and, and she did turn him over. And as a child, this always got to me. How could you want something so badly? How can you pray to God for something and then just give that something away? Yet she knew who her God was. She had her priorities in order. And she prayed for this child. And in chapter 2, she's praying a, a prayer of thanksgiving. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides thee, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty one are shattered but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry ceased to hunger. Even the barren give birth to seven, but she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he set the world on them. He keeps the feet of his godly ones, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will be thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength to his kings and will exalt the horn of his anointed. She's passionate. She's thankful to the Almighty God for blessing her with a child. And I want to ask the question here because this is an important prayer. We know we ask God for a lot of things, right? I, I, if we're all being honest, we ask for a lot. But do we pray thankfulness when we're blessed in our lives? We're blessed beyond measure, but are, are we having those important conversations with God where we truly thank him for the impact that he's having in our life? Do we take the time to pray those prayers? Or are we on to the next need? Here, Hannah took the time. There's a power in this prayer. I guarantee you, if you start praying prayers of thanksgiving every day, your heart is going to change. You're going to have joy in your life. You're going to handle adversity. You're going to understand the importance of God in your life. If you will stop and take the time to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. We're also going to talk about supplication. And here, I want to talk about God's will. So if we turn to Matthew chapter 26. And we're going to start with 36. There's sometimes storms, there's sometimes things in our life that happens that bring us to our knees. 
and we really want to approach our Heavenly Father, and we're asking for something. And, and this is where Jesus was at in his own life. So he just instituted the Lord's Supper in the upper room. And starting in verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch over me. I just want to point out here, Jesus was human. And he's grieving. And he's stressed. He's in distress. And he's concerned. And we know what's getting ready to happen. But he's showing his human side here. And we've been there. In verse 39, he went a little beyond them and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as thou wilt. He talked about that in the Sermon on the Mount. He's distressed. He's sorrowful. He doesn't want to go through with what's getting ready to happen. However, in his prayer, he's telling God, it's not my will, but it's thy will. How often do we do that in our lives? We really want something. It's our will. But that's a scary prayer, isn't it? To tell God, it's your call. Do with me what you will. Thy will be done. In verse 40, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying. That you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's telling them to pray. You're having a hard time with life. You need to pray. It's time for you to say a prayer. He went away again a second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, thy will be done. He's still praying. He's still struggling with this. It's okay to say the same prayers over and over again. God's hearing you. He's listening. Verse 43, And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. This is a long prayer. He's pleading with God. And in verse 45, Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. The request was made to God, and it was answered. Jesus requested, let this cup pass. He prayed it three times. He was in distress. Yet, it was time. And he got up, and he proceeded to do his Father's will. We can learn so much for the, from this in our lives. When we have storms, when we really need something, maybe somebody's really sick, 
We really want a relationship. We really want a job. There's, there's things in our life that are important to us. But it's not our will. It's thy will. And the question is, can we pray and accept the answer from God? Can we accept what he decides for us? And this alone has driven so many people away from God and the church. I've heard from so many people, oh, God just doesn't answer my prayers. He's not hearing me. And we know God's hearing you. He's just not giving you what you want. His will is different. But we need to pray these types of prayers. We need to let God know our needs. And we need to be prepared to live our life with what God decides for us. We're also going to talk about confessions. And I put in here confessions of the heart. Because I really think everything starts in the heart. And I chose the story of David, a man after God's own heart. David was an amazing person. I love studying his life. But David really messed up, didn't he? He really messed up with Bathsheba. And this hurt. This hurt him. It hurt his relationship. So let's turn to Psalm chapter 51. We're going to start reading verses 1 through 4. And David is praying a prayer here. Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the greatness of thy compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, I have sinned, and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou art justified when thou dost speak, and blameless when thou dost judge. David's approaching God, and he's admitting his sin to God. He's talking about his, his sin to God. So many people, when they sin, they run from God. They go in the opposite direction. Yet, he's praying to God. And it's not just a quick, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. He wants to deal with this sin. He's embarrassed about this sin. He is taking it head on. And then let's skip to verse 10, where it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. You might recognize this. We're going to sing this song as the invitation. He wants renewal. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence. And do not take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And sustain me with a willing spirit. Are we taking the time to approach our Heavenly Father for the forgiveness of our sins? Do we talk to Him about our sins? Do we want to get better? Do we want to be re renewed? Do we want to have a clean heart? And this is a great example from David. 
where he just got down on his knees and was open with his Heavenly Father. We can learn a lot from that. If we were to pray a prayer of confession, if we were to pray, pray that prayer where we need forgiveness of sins, help us to improve, help us to get better, help my heart. Think about the Sermon on the Mount. Lead me away from temptation. Lead me away from the evil one. There's power in that prayer to get us back on track, living the type of life that we should be living. What's the power of prayer? It's having an intimate, personal conversation with the Almighty God. And He's listening. And when we have that prayer, there's going to be more of a connection with our Heavenly Father but it's going to help us to grow. It's going to help us to improve our lives. Sometimes when you talk to people, all they need to do is talk. They need to get it out. They, they need to feel better. We have someone that will listen to them, listen to us all day long. We were talking about prayer at our small group, and, and um, Connie, she, she brought up a point. She starts a prayer in the, in the beginning of her day, and it continues throughout the day. How inspirational is that? That the entire day, off and on, is geared towards speaking to our Heavenly Father. It will change your life. Just like that magic pill. A prayer to our Heavenly Father can change who we are. It could change our lives. Philippians 4 Verse 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. I asked in the beginning, what do you do more of? Do you stress? Do you worry? Do you have anxiety? Or are you praying to God? And there's a peace that comes with praying to God. We're wasting our time by stressing. We're wasting our time by worrying. We need to connect with our Heavenly Father, and He'll take care of us. There's one more prayer I want to talk about this morning, and James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And when you study the life of Jesus, he prayed for others. And we need to pray for others. But it's calling us out. The scripture is calling us out to confess our sins to one another and to pray for one another. There's something really special when righteous people come together and say a prayer. I'll tell you, um, as, as part of the elder group here, We've been talking about the invitation song. Many churches are starting to do away with it. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we don't have a lot of individuals coming forward anymore. So it's some, is it something we still have? Is it, something, is it something we take away? What's the right thing to do? And granted, there's many other ways to get prayers. You don't have to come forward in front of everybody 
You can let the elders know. You, you can call the church office. We pray for a large group every Tuesday. We meet every Tuesday. But here in James is saying, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. So we're going to continue the invitation. Because even in five months, if one person comes forward, that's valuable, right? Because we're all going to pray to our Heavenly Father. How are you doing with your relationship with God? How are you doing with your prayer life? How's your life going? Are you happy? We all need the power of prayer in our lives to change us, to help us. Even some great people in the Bible, Hannah, David, Jesus, needed that prayer. Let me challenge you this week to spend time in, in prayer. Take your challenges to the Almighty One. Make your requests to the Almighty One. Take your sins to the Almighty One. See how it changes your life. If you're not a Christian this morning and you'd like to become one, it's an amazing family. So don't wait until tomorrow. Come forward. If you're having challenges in your life, if you're having sins that you can't overcome, if you're not happy, if you don't have joy, come forward. Let us pray with you as we stand and sing the invitation song. Pastor.